everybody. This is Daniel. Oh, and this is Daniel. <laughs> and this is Carla. And we are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. I thought we already tested. We did. I mean, just now you can oh, talk okay. like a normal non-test person. Now you put me on the spot. Well, you're back after, we what, two weeks? We haven't seen each other in two weeks. We right? haven't? Nope. Haven't. Oh, yeah. Oh. This was the first time we've seen each other. <laughs> see each other every damn day. But you were in... I went to Ireland. It was an excellent trip. Yes. Very good stuff. You did some driving on the wrong side of the road. It was awful. I'm not going to lie. But I don't like driving anyway. Doesn't mean I'm not bad at it, though. I'm good at it. Yeah. Stayed in... Many B&Bs. B&Bs. Got fed lots of eggs and bacon. Yeah, I know, because as soon as I picked you up from the airport, both of you farted in my car. It was atrocious. It was atrocious, and mom was not sorry. No. I'm like back to my like oatmeal in the morning diet, and it's much better. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Did they say that to you? I can't even do an Irish accent. They're like, wake you up, or you know, don't wake you up, but they're like, what time do you want to eat line, uh, breakfast? And we're like, well, what time do you get up? 5.15. Oh, fuck that. Um... How's 8.30? And they're like, okay, we'll make you food at 8.30. You're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> we stay in a lot of hotels over here. Yeah. And they'll have, you know, their continental breakfast. Uh, I don't I don't get upset if I miss it, though. No. Now it's Airbnbs, <laughs> but they don't make you food. I don't even think they leave you food. No. No food for you. Mm, never been. Never been to a B&B? No. A B&B or an or Airbnb? Airbnb. I don't know. Either or, what's the difference? Uh, well, B and B is like they feed you. They like they want to know you. I don't. They want your backstory. They're there, and when you tell them you're from Indianapolis, Indiana, they go, ah, they're like, where is that? Mm. I'm like Chicago, south of like, Chicago. Okay, oh no, Chicago. <laughs> Daniel, have you been for two weeks? Um, about the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. You did not go to Ireland. I did not go to Ireland. Went to work a lot, you know. Ugh. So about the same. That's when people at work ask you how you're doing, and I just look at them and I say, same shit, different day. <laughs> like, why are you asking? Like, oh, yeah, I guess that's mm. true. <laughs> what was the best part about your trip, or the funniest part? The funniest part? Mm-hmm. The f- well, the most, the funny, the l- most laughable looking back is we almost missed our flight. Which way? Going there. From here? From here. How'd you do that? You dropped us off like five hours early. And the kid was confused as to why we couldn't like escort you onto your plane. I was like, well, the world is a terrible place, so we can't go back without tickets. Dude, it was because we didn't sit close enough to, what do you call it? Our gate. Yeah. And then mom was on the phone, literally screaming next to me on the phone. What? Yeah, doing that. And so like, I didn't hear him (laughs) call our boarding. Yeah, she was talking to dad about her fucking horrible tenants or whatever. Oh yeah, those people are. And great. so, and I was just sitting there charging my phone and like just looking at you know Instagram or something. And then all of a sudden, mom gets up and goes, "We're supposed to be boarding now. I'm gonna go get a water." Like, no, mom, we're getting on. No, the she literally plane. walks away, and the next thing I know, they're calling us by name. Like you people are not on this flight. Do you notice that? And we're. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> we almost missed our flight. We were five then- hours early for. Yes, you were real early for it. And then mom was like, I'm going to take an Advil PM. How long is the flight? Was that the first flight? No. It was the second flight? It was the second flight. Oh, then I thought in the commotion of almost missing our flight, I thought I left my passport in Indianapolis. Oh, they wouldn't let you in. I know. Because we were in Newark and I wasn't in my purse. 
Uh, it wasn't in my backpack. Where was it? It was in mom's backpack somehow. I don't mm. I don't understand how it happened, honestly. Mm. I would have died laughing. <laughs> I, well, you had a girl that mom lost Mom says she's never seen me look like that before. Did you get real red and splotchy on your chest? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I, that was the first time I, I've ever gotten close to like having a panic attack, I think. Yeah. Well, you were with a girl in Iceland that couldn't find hers, right? She like threw it away. On accident. On accident. Yeah. It was like, it must have been like on her tray or something. Straight up Home Alone style. Remember his gets thrown away with the pizza? So That's the why whenever we travel, missing. I hold on to all important documents. He has them tucked under his arm real tight. So I'll tell people that. I hide them in my <laughs> anus. So if you want to get them. His prison pocket. You can get them. Yes. <laughs> I prefer to call it my prison pouch. <laughs> pouch. Oh, um, yeah, the girl that did week. that. I was just like, you can lose everything else. That's the one thing. Get it, get, get it when you come home. or But that's like the one thing. Mm-mm. Like it really sucks to lose. We were your leaving phone. for the flight, and I was like, "I'm so sorry, but like I can't wait for you." No, you couldn't. I was like, "Force, force." Well, he misses you. I missed you too. Once she I... moved that giant ass trampoline, <laughs> I didn't mean to order the big one. It's big. So that was probably I don't know. Looking back, that was like it's comical later. It was funny later. You ended up on a lot of back roads, right? Yeah, because my phone Siri on my phone she hates me no, because I talk bad to her. <laughs> I stopped calling mine a cunt a long time ago. Now I, she gives me good directions. Mm-hmm. I turned her off. Yeah. Except for the direction thing. And she so like, I can't do like, hey, Siri, on my phone. It won't. She's like, welcome she won't back. Come up. So you need me now. No, I won't turn her back on. And she put you on some back roads instead of the interstate. Yes. In the interstate, they go slower than they do on the back roads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There could be a, a speeding ticket in the mail on the way to me. <laughs> <laughs> all the way from ireland yeah they do they will do that i read it online oh and hmm. if you don't pay it they won't ever let you back in um you'll get arrested if you ever go back for unpaid parking <laughs> tickets yep the kid calls it Ilorend. 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 you you came back from Ilorend, and i was riding my bicycle <laughs> she was mad we didn't go pick you up but i told her we were going to but then i was like your flight landed Way later than it should have. Okay, well, mom said she sent you all the flight information no, beforehand. No, yes, no, she did. No, she didn't send it. She left it on the counter. She at sent her house. it to you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, I just kept telling, yeah, we're going to go pick up Nina and Carla. And then I never told her that I went and got you because she was asleep. I went and got you. Like, and I never mentioned anything about you guys <laughs> being home until mom walked in the door. She says, what are you doing here? <laughs> so she was real confused. You're, you're, you're supposed to be an island. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to make sure to listen. To make sure that fart's to in Make there. sure the fart didn't get cut. Eight minutes in. The cheese has already been cut. <laughs> now she looks at you and goes, What are you looking at? Yeah, she did that to both my parents today. <laughs> I think it's from me. I'm That's sorry. from you. I know. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? <laughs> she goes, like, Just don't say that to this... your kindergarten teacher. Yeah, she'll be like real thinking yeah. you're kind of mean. One of the mean <laughs> kids. Uh, what did she say? That boy said I had bad breath. <laughs> she told me that. I was like, well, that wasn't very nice of him. She goes, that boy doesn't like me. I was like, well, you don't have to like him back. <laughs> you didn't tell me this. I forgot. I just now remembered. Well, did you ask her if her breath did smell bad? I don't know. How can you tell your own? I don't know. Maybe I gave her a lot of eggs and bacon that morning. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh. 
So we haven't been doing much, just two weeks off, and we released a Patreon episode preview, the prison break one, because you were actually there for it when you actually have to get up from the couch to go take a shit. Excuse me? You did. Oh, I was that. there for that one? Mm-hmm. You just happened to be like, we recorded them back to back. That was because I had the river shits. Yeah, that's what it was. And I didn't know it like, yet. You're like, I'm just going to hold it. It's good for me. No. <laughs> and then we were like, no, no, don't leave, Carla, don't leave. And you're like, I have to leave. <laughs> The river shits. Yeah, that lasted for like five days. Yeah. It wasn't, like I wasn't river. ill. But it just kept coming out. It just kept coming out, yeah. More of that content for a dollar a month. Yes, my friend just signed up. She said. Yes. So Thank shout you. out. Thank you, Nikki, for signing up. Shout out, girl. Mm-hmm. And then I think we have some other Patreon people. I was like, and you, you didn't remember them? I do. I do remember. No, you don't. Because well, if you remember around. them, you wouldn't have to be looking it up right now. I don't know everyone's name all the time. We're so damn popular. I can't even. Oh, do okay. It. Yeah, that's probably not a thing. And you guys said you haven't been doing much. Let's not forget that I just saw Cardi B in concert. Yeah. And then a day later, I saw the Jonas Brothers. What a life you lead, Carla. It was oh fun as hell. We watched half of the movie The Mask. I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> go Perry. watch someone get a colonoscopy. <laughs> she has a big butt. I'm yeah, sorry. It's, it's not real. It don't, it don't look real. real, at least. I was like, man, just from the Snapchats, I was like, something's not right. Somebody that So many people messaged me and they were like, look at that fake butt. She says, in a song lyric, she does say, only thing fake is the boobs. So the, bo- the booty isn't fake. I mean, she admits the boobs. That's not. That's easier to do, I feel like. Okay, Lisa became a Patreon member, so thank you. And I think Heather, we might have already thanked Heather because she re- recommended an episode. Tyra. Tyra Banks? By- Barbie. We might have already thanked all these people. I might well, thank this. them again. We thanked Barbie, right? I believe so. Toby, who I've talked to a lot, became a Patreon member. Toby? Toby. Yeah, we've already thanked these people. What am I doing? <laughs> these people. I haven't put Thank them on, again. I haven't put it on Instagram. That's what it was. Oh wait, there is there is something <gasps> fun that we did. Hmm. That's not it. Oh. <laughs> um, if you're not easily offended, I highly recommend watching uh, Dave Chappelle stand up on Netflix. It oh. got terrible reviews, but the uh, creators of South Park said the reason it got terrible reviews is because the people that write the reviews wanted to keep their jobs. Oh, yeah. Like if I agree that I like this, it will make me look like a really bad human being. So Dave Chappelle on he, Netflix. He talks. Uh, we'll just give you a little taste. He talks about fucking Macaulay Culkin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he does. he does. It's just it's so bad. But so you have to go in it like I'm not going to be offended while listening to this. I'm just not. I think everybody. He says something to offend everybody. Well, then yeah. it's fair. Yeah. We don't have to so, worry about anything. Says the N word a lot. So if you find that particular word really offensive, well. Unless you're black, you you're don't have a choice. And you're offended by an oh, African American male saying it, you got other problems. Other problems. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you're not if you're not black and you you don't get an opinion. Nope, no opinion. So that was very funny. We were dying laughing. Dying laughing. Yeah. And, and we just watched him in the nutty professor, like as an ancillary character. <laughs> like <laughs> What's up? What's up? It was a full moon tonight. It was a full moon. When the Jonas Brothers were here. Yeah. I had to carry the kid out down the street so she could see the moon. That's nice of you. And I went to walk outside and I didn't realize you had to walk like almost a little bit down the street Mm -hmm. to get past the trees to see it. So I walk out, start to walk down. I'm like, 
oh, I didn't realize we had to walk this far. Fuck it. I'm going back inside. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck this. Fuck this, man. So thank you for our new Patreon members. And Okay. So I don't know how Did you go to Zaxby's? I did. I got a chicken You didn't salad. offer to bring us any? Hey. It's okay. Daniel hit a rotisserie chicken from me. <laughs> Yeah. But it was, he came in, I swear to God, he went to the store and came in and was like, I got a rotisserie chicken. And I was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then he's over helping dad with something. I'm finally like, I've been looking for this rotisserie chicken. Like, it's not on the counter. I was like, maybe you put it in the microwave. You and know, all, all she texted me was, I can't find the chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, what I had bought was not rotisserie chicken. I had bought a tray of barbecue chicken. That you microwave, you know. Like fancy. shredded chicken. Yeah. So... I looked in the oven. I looked in the microwave. I looked in the refrigerator. I was all over the counter. I thought for sure it was in your truck that you forgot to bring it in. And then I was like, maybe the dog ate it. I was like, there would be some evidence somewhere. Oh, there's of no a evidence with the bunnies. Chicken. Yeah, the bunnies. It was okay to eat them. So I was like, man, I could tell you were irritated with me. Like, well, just look around. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was looking for. So today I went and got myself a fucking rotisserie chicken. You're, did you share it? Yeah, I had to share it. Oh. <laughs> so I did get some. Don't worry. But I thought he hid a chicken from me. What do you think of that accusation? <laughs> well, I don't know why you would have thought I would have went and, and purchased a already cooked rotisserie chicken and then put it in the refrigerator. No, I thought I put it in the refrigerator on accident, like because I don't pay attention to what I'm doing half the time. You anyway, don't say. You don't say. Anyways, okay, we're gonna start this. I'm glad Carla's back. I'm glad you didn't die because we, we have threatened, like two hours worth of material. We threatened so. several times to still go to Disney World if you died. So it's a good thing you. Came that wasn't back. a threat. That was a promise. <laughs> like I just kept thinking, I like, what if we actually die? Was gonna go with or without you. Yep. Well, well, I have. I, I could have still die between now and then. Been it's on so vacation possible. in like two years. I'm going. Who needs to go? Hell or high water. Okay. This I'm case... getting the fuck out of this state. The Ooh. fuck out. Out. Okay. This pod. This podcast bring brought to you by. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This episode. That's obvious. <laughs> this episode was recommended a long time ago, and it is a well-known one. And it was Jordan. Help me research this. And I believe he was from the area that this took place in, this crime. Oh, yeah, because he's, yeah, here's a picture of the book Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones that he's got. And I had to go to the library and get it because I was like, I need this you book. Went to, you actually left went, the house? Yeah, because I couldn't get all, like, you know, it has book previews online, but it removes some of the pages. And I was starting to read it and I was like, I need these pages. Yeah. So I was like, wait, I'm a library member. But thank you, Jordan. He did a lot of research, and I wish we could use all of it. You said that like you're really proud. I'm a library member. I am. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you see this card right here? So he did a lot of research, and I wish I could use all of it, but it would be three episodes if I used all of his research. But he did a really good job, and he referenced that book a lot, which I do too, but The Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones. It was a New York bestseller. I think. And none of it is false. Like, none of it is, like, filled in the gaps. It's all true. And it's from, like, I believe it. court records and shit like that. We Because when I first started reading, I was like, maybe this is, like, ad-libbed a little. And it's like, no. Well, as long as we cite our sources. Yeah, I did. I just did, right? Yep, Wikipedia. Yep, yep. But Wikipedia uses her book a lot also. There might be other one other one. But definitely that book. 
because I might have like had the book open and my fingers on the keyboards and copied word for word what it said. <laughs> I might have done that mm, <laughs> a lot. But I had to because it's like you, okay, Daniel and Carla have speaking roles in this. So I had to type out. I've been rehearsing all week. I told her I was a mute. Mm, blame <laughs> me. How do I mute you? <laughs> <laughs> and plus my throat kind of hurts, so this helps me a little bit. That's my fault. <laughs> I gave you my cold. Okay. You pervert. Pervert. Fuck's wrong with you. Fuck. Okay, this, we normally don't cover anything that involves torture or children, and this has both. I'm out. No, it's okay. You'll be okay. Oh, it's okay. I'm, o- I'm okay with some child torture as long as in certain, it has to be in certain contexts. It's not the, I think this one, okay, all of it's bad. It's all horrible, but the one. If it makes me the, upset, I will hit you in the face with my pecker later. <laughs> and you know I will. Worst things could happen. Uh, what's the other one? I now tried I the other night it. and I missed. <laughs> okay. So like I said, this one's bad. I can give, I'll give some trigger warnings when we get closer and you two can plug your ears. But it's not, like, if you Google any... I'm triggered by the word the. I'm Mm. triggered by the word triggered. (laughs) But if you Google Indiana torture, this case doesn't come up. It's the Sylvia Likens case comes up. Oh, well, that's good. I feel better. You should all feel better. We feel so much better. Shanda Sher was born in Pineville, Kentucky on June 6, 1979, to Stephen Sher and his wife, Jacqueline, who was later known as Jacqueline Vaught. After Sher's parents divorced, her mother remarried, and the family moved to... Louisville. Louisville. Not Louisville. Louisville. Right? Am I saying that right? There, Shanda attended fifth, sixth grade at St. Paul School, where she was a cheerleader, a volleyball player, softball team, and maintained a good GPA. So, normal, active kid. When her mother divorced again, the family moved in June of 1991 to New Albany, Indiana. Carla, where's New Albany, Indiana? Hey, Carla. We know how much you like geography. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're the world traveler of the group. Yeah, that's true. Good point. True. Good We're point. homebodies. If you well, ask me where the local Home Depot's at, I can tell you. But they compared Ireland to the Fair. state of Indiana. About the same size. They're the same size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just a different kind of hillbilly. Yes. Yep. It says from the center of the Indianapolis, it's an hour and 44 minutes from here. South? South. Yes, almost closer to Kentucky. It's literally on the Ohio River. Yeah, okay. Yes. Shanda was like so many other 12-year-olds in America. She liked going to the mall, talking on the phone, and meeting boys, and she wanted to be older than she really was. So this has a lot of excerpts from diaries and love letters and stuff, but this is an excerpt from her diary, dated April 1st, 1991. Dear Diary, I can't believe it, but it's true. It's time for a new school year. Let me tell you what I'm looking forward to the most and what I'm dreaming the most. Well, this year I'm going to a different school. I'm sort of scared I won't fit in because I heard there are hoods, pretty girls, and all those guys. I wish my mom would understand that I don't want to be 12. I want to be 13. I wish <laughs> I, I know. But I mean, Wait I, a little bit. Yeah. I wish my mom would understand that I don't want to be 12. I want to be 13. Tell people I was 13 and my mom would go along with it. But I know how my mom is. She's not that kind of person. But I would love it if she would. I would work hard, but I'm already going to do that. I love my mom very much, but she doesn't understand how much I want to be 13 and have people spend the night on school nights and talk on the phone past 10 o'clock. Love, Shanda. Like, I, but that's normal. That sounds so normal for like a teenage, almost teenage girl. For a 12-year-old girl. to go, I just wish I was one year older. older. Yeah. Yeah. 
Shanda was a sensitive girl who didn't like to hurt anyone's feelings, who was loved dearly by both her parents and her step-parents. She was an easygoing kid. She liked to help people, and she had big plans for the future. She wanted to become a nurse just like her older sister. It was Shanda's decision to enroll at a public school. Oh, my God. Hazelwood Middle School, where she eventually met 15-year-old Amanda Hevron after they got into a physical altercation. So she was in a private school, but now they've moved, and she wants to start over in a public school. The two passed notes back and forth during their in-school suspension after they were caught fighting and eventually became friends. Carla, read, please read your first paragraph. Do you want me to read the one that's marked one yes. or the one that's marked two? One. So to confirm, I'm reading the one marked one. And you are Amanda. Oh, I'm Amanda. The 15-year-old that she got in a, and, that okay, got in a fight Okay, can you just, with. is it Shayna? Is that? But she calls her Shayna in the first letter that she writes her because you know the fuck know how to spell so wait, her name. Wait a second. Who am I? Melinda. We haven't got <laughs> I'm that. I'm Amanda. Everything is written to Shanda. I'm Amanda, bitch. She's Amanda, you're Melinda. Shanna. Okay. Still learning how to spell your name. Yeah. Sorry I didn't call. I forgot. Could bitch. you give me your number and your classes again, please? Hey, so... Do you like in school suspension? ISS <laughs> <laughs> in school suspension. In school suspension. I guess it's okay. Dot dot dot. I don't want you to think I'm a bad person or anything. I don't like to fight. I hate fighting. It's just when I had you on the ground <laughs> getting ready to hit you, I couldn't because you look so helpless down there. But then you swung at me, so I started hitting you and you started pulling my hair. Dot dot dot. Well, I'm lying, a bit, I'm lying in bed about 10 p.m. time for me to go to bed. Listen, okay, Shanda, I know the way you are now. Either you're putting an act on me and saying you like me, or you're putting an act on your friends. You act so different around your friends than you do me. What's up? Question mark. You're so nice to me. Please tell me because friends don't tell me their classes for the hell of it. I mean, sometimes. So there's got to be a reason. I have a question to ask you. I know it's going to sound so dumb, but do you kind of, in a way, like girls? If so, I think I's so cool because it's so different. Is that why you're so nice to me? Do you think I'm cute or something? Please tell me the truth. I won't laugh because I think it's cool. Your friend, Amanda H. P.S. Please tell me if you do because I would really like to know. Melinda said she asked you about that, but you said it was cool. And you wrote me, and it's nice. Please tell me. <laughs> These are all... Do you remember passing notes in school? I, my notes weren't like that. I feel like... <laughs> and Okay, so the age gap is with me and Shan... Uh, Shanna and these girls, with her and I, were, she would be seven years older than me. But I still can really identify with this letter writing and passing letters because... Libby and I would get caught writing letters to each other and they would or the teacher oh the teacher tried to read one one time and our handwriting is so bad and our spelling was so bad they could not read it. And we yeah, that nothing has changed. You're like, yeah. ha, it's in code. Ha <laughs> 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 We had all those abbreviations. It's like before Twitter text messaging. It was TTYL, like lots of like it would we had all these stuff and so we would fold them up. They're basically prison kites, you know, the letter passing system. Zach's grandma originally thought LOL meant lots of love. <laughs> so like someone would post something about so and so somebody dying and be like, hang in there, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> like grandma. <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah. 
So I really can identify with this like passing of letters. You write them in class. I mean, we wrote notes, but we, oh, we I have I I talk better than she does. Yeah, well, I, I, and then I didn't ask my friends if they liked girls. No, that's a little different. Well, of course, because you went to that homophobic school, Ron Collie. Oh yeah, I they did. beat you. They beat you. You would have lit them on fire at the stake. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I hate gay people now. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. So yeah, Fuck I that place. really this letter thing. I was like, man, this, and that's why I was reading an excerpt of the book, and I was like, I have to know what the rest of the letters say because I felt like, okay, I get it now. Like yeah. I need to know. What, it's almost like a diary that you share with other people because you know, take this note and either like rip it up after you read it, or I kept all of mine. Yeah, that's then... what I was about to say. Is I've got that trunk at one of mom's rental properties. I bet it has a ton of notes in it. Yeah. And I, I kept a lot of mine, but then like, them, but Ooh, I don't like I those bitches that's, anymore. That's so. a treasure trove. I didn't want yeah. everyone to read them because I'm not sure what they all say. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But it's got to be, there's got to be a bunch of them folded up in little, you know, yeah. footballs. No, I did that too, but I think I got rid of them because I don't like those bitches anymore. Bitches. <laughs> bitches be talking shit. Bitches. Uh, October of 1991, Amanda and Shanda were attending a school dance. Carla, together. where were you in October of 1991? She wasn't born in the then. cosmos. <laughs> in the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> they were attending a school dance together when they were angrily confronted by 16-year-old Melinda Loveless, an older girl that Amanda had also been dating since the previous year. Although Amanda and Melinda had never formally ended their relationship, Melinda started to date an older girl. As Shanda and Amanda continued to socialize, the jealous Melinda couldn't stand the idea that Amanda found Shanda attractive. Melinda started to make fun of Shanda in the lunchroom, picking on her in front of everyone. She would make fun of her hair, her boobs, and call her ugly. That's rude. Yep, because she likes the girl that she's not even dating anymore, or wasn't really, and you've moved on. And But there's this age gap, 12 to 16. Like, there's that's different. You're mm-hmm. not, it's not the same age, what a bracket, the age bracket, is... If you're a 15-year-old sleeping with a 12-year-old, is that statutory rape or is that... Mm. Yeah, I think you're still a child. I didn't know if there's any trouble you can get in for that. Probably not. I'm sure once you turn 17. 16 even. Maybe 16. I don't don't know. know. They could have been dating without being intimate. They could be, but they could not be also. Right. (laughs) Okay. Melinda... Okay, so now we have to go. You have to meet the players before we understand how this crime takes place. And it doesn't excuse it, but to understand their background, makes it makes more sense. Melinda Loveless was born in New Albany on October 28, 1975, the youngest of three daughters to Marjorie and Larry Loveless. Larry was drafted into the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War and was Damn. treated as a hero upon his return. Marjorie later described him as a pervert who would wear her and her daughter's underwear and makeup and was incapable of staying monogamous and had a mixture of jealousy and fascination with seeing her have sex with other men and women. And they lived in near new albany throughout melinda's childhood that's i'm not i'm i don't know a whole lot about that (laughs) her her dad's pretty fucked up in 1965 larry became a probation officer with the new albany police department but was fired after eight months when he and his partner assaulted an african-american man whom larry accused of sleeping with his wife which is odd because he likes for people to sleep with his wife well he probably liked to watch yeah in 1988, Larry briefly worked as a mail carrier, but quit after three months and did very little work, having brought most of his mail home to destroy it. <laughs> it was probably just Fuck setting your <laughs> That's a federal offense, right? Correct. Larry did not usually share his income with his family and impulsively spent money 
spent any money he earned on himself, especially firearms, motorcycles, and cars. He filed for bankruptcy in 1980. Extended family members often describe the loveless daughters as visiting their homes hungry, apparently not getting food at home. So they're not, it's, it's not well, good, it's bad. The opposite of good, which is bad. My mother would beat both of our asses. If she was, if our kid if wasn't she like. she thought we weren't oh, feeding yeah. her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'd be in big trouble. Anyone, though. Yeah. For two years, beginning with Melinda was five, the family was deeply involved in the Graceland Baptist Church. Larry and Marjorie gave full of confessions and renounced drinking and swinging while they were members. Larry became a Baptist lay preacher and Marjorie became the school nurse. Larry uh, became a marriage counselor with the church and acquired a reputation for being a little too forward with the women, eventually attempting to rape one of them. After that incident, the loveless parents left the church and returned to their former professions and drinking. Add alcohol. It will make it worse. When Melinda was nine years old, her mother refused Larry sex for a month until he raped her while her daughters were home. In the summer of 1986, after she would not let him go home with two women he met at a bar, Larry beat Marjorie so severely that she was hospitalized. He was convicted of battery and was also verbally abusive to his daughters and fired a handgun in one in his daughter's direction one time when she was about seven years old, intentionally missing. So I don't know which daughter this happened to, but one of them. Damn. The extent of Larry's abuse of his daughters and other children is unclear. Both older girls said he molested them, though Melinda did not admit it. this ever happened to her. However, she slept in bed with him until he abandoned his family in 1990 when she was 14 years old. Her father leaving fucked her up immensely. But you know, it was fucked up having him there to begin with, though. After her mother remarried and Melinda began to behave erratically, she got into fights at school and complained of depression, resulting in her receiving counseling. By 1991, Melinda disclosed she was a lesbian to her mother, who was furious, but eventually accepted it. I'm sure coming out in the early 90s was not easy. No. Technically, it's still not easy. Easy. Right. And it's more generally accepted today. Read one. Number one. Number one. Very tough. Shanda, am I supposed to read this like a bitch? Uh, yeah. What kind of a bitch? Mm, a jealous one. Don't be mad at me, please. <laughs> I want to be your friend. I just don't like when you speak to Amanda when I'm not there. I mean, why can't we all three be friends? That'd be hot. <laughs> I added that. Yep. You act as if you got something going with her. Amanda and I are going together, and she loves me, and I love her, and she only wants to be friends with you. You need to accept that. Shanda? Amanda told me you're going through bad times. Well, if you need someone to talk to, or to talk with, you can always talk to me. After I berate you, you should feel comfortable talking to me. <laughs> I don't want you speaking behind my back. Why don't you speak to Amanda when she's with me? You need to find you need to find you a boyfriend cuz Amanda's mine. You can even ask her. Please talk to both of us or you can forget about Amanda. You, me, and Amanda need to have a talk together and get squared away then we could all be friends. Sorry I'm writing so sloppy. Can you meet us at lunch? Your friend. Mel I feel very conflicted about that letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? Like, listen, 
I know that you're you're a lesbian and you're attracted to women, but you need to go get you a man <laughs> to get her away from her. You need to go pray your gay away so you stay away from my woman. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> and it's like they call it going with. I don't know if that means going out, and I think they do say going steady also at some point. It's a different time. Amanda apologized to Shanda, telling her to call anytime, handing over her phone number and one of the first letters to Shanda. Carla, please read number two. <clears throat> Shanda. Hey, girlfriend, what's up? Please don't let Melinda bother you. Freaking bitch. I know. Please don't stop liking me because of her. I tried to call you about three times, but your mom said you couldn't talk. I said, okay. Thanks. I was wondering, do you still like me? If so, I'm glad. I have a lot in store, fry or sat, short for Friday or Saturday. Something you've been talking about for a while now. Do you know what I mean? I'm just joking, or do you want me not to joke? This is a letter. It's going to take a minute to get an answer back. Mm -hmm. Do you want to happen what I got in store? It's a sexual innuendo. I'm I'm picking up on that now. (laughs) If so, answer back yes, if I see you fry or sat, okay? So, how you and Ray doing? I saw you walking in the halls, holding hands, kissing each other. I walked behind you yesterday to Miss Mrs. Walker's room. Well, gotta go. Love, Amanda. P.S. I think I'm starting to like someone. You know her. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Shanda was spending a lot of time flirting with her male friend, Ray, yet at the same time, she was claiming to be interested in Amanda. Ultimately, Amanda broke down and wrote to Shanda, trying to determine whether to pursue the issue for real. Carla, please read number three. Okay. Shanda. Hey, I'm in band six, and I saw you today coming out from fire drill. I thought you looked very cute. Listen, Sat, maybe we can work something out, like you meet me somewhere and we'll hang out. I'll talk to you about it. Love, Amanda. P.S. Yes, I will flirt. Will I have sex or make love with you? That's a big question for such a little girl. Can you back up your word? I still can't believe all that stuff you said. Dot, dot, dot. Want to kiss me, have sex, well, love with me, God. The reasons I always leave when you with Ray is I get jealous. Yeah, the word flow is difficult, and you guys haven't read these before, so... Amanda was torn between the two girls. She wasn't sure that Shanda really cared about her. At the same time, she knew Melinda loved her, but her girlfriend was just too overbearing and possessive. Melinda was already beginning to threaten to leave her. Daniel, please read number two. Who does number two work for? Amanda, why did you write her fucking name on your folder? It hurt so much when I saw it. I didn't think you would put her ugly name on your folder, and you wrote it. You must have liked her enough to write her name. Why? Well, I'm gone. Melinda P.S. Just tell me you like her once, because I know. I thought you were making that up. No, he's <laughs> not. I guess because you, you know, when you like someone, you write their name. No, as a girl, you would write your name with their last name if you liked a boy. And how many different last names did you have? I'm not sure. A couple. Sure. <laughs> no, like, you, yeah, you would write your name on a bunch of stuff. Or your own name over and over again while you're just doodling, not paying attention in class. Yeah, I did you that You do did lot. that a lot, yeah. I just thought of that. 
Amanda was spending a lot of time on the phone trying to appease both of them, evidently making Shanda upset at one point, then writing to two separate letters in an effort to set things right again. Carla, please read number four. <clears throat> Shanda. Well, as you know, I got grounded. I'm always grounded. So don't call. I'll call you, okay? I will come over whenever I get a chance. So I'll probably write a lot of letters. When I'm grounded, I write a lot of letters. I hate my dad sometimes. He doesn't want me to hang out around Nathan. Sorry you had to hear him yelling. I hate it too. Okay, got to tell you. I can't hold nothing back from you, Shanda. I went back to Melinda's house. Shit, oh my god. She asked me to go back with her. I probably wouldn't have got grounded if we didn't stop off at Melinda's house. What kills me is I want to go with both of you. When do you go to your dad's Friday? Well, if I'm not doing anything and you want me to go, I will if my dad lets me. Well, I gotta take a shower. Be back after I take it 8.30. It's 8.45. I'm back. <laughs> this is the thing. I know we've done this. This is the thing. I'm sure I did this, like time stamping your letters. Yeah. As you can see, that's when I mean I say I'm confused because I love you both. In all caps. Yes. Shanda, I love you. Well, listen, if I'm not busy, I'll write you again tonight. Love ya, Amanda Poo. Amanda loves Shanda. I'm sure that was written in like the doodly artistic. Yeah. yeah. Damn, she got two girlfriends. Oh, go ahead and read five too while you're at it. Shanda, hey girly, were you mad at me when I let you go? It seemed as if you were because you slammed down, slammed your phone down. Well, I wanted you to know... If I'm in love, you think you love me, but deep down, you probably really don't. Or like you said, you may not even stop liking me. I hope not because I might have to shoot you up. Whoa. Excuse me? Yep. Just joking. No, just joking. She was a Tupac fan. Yep. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like you and everything, but I like Melinda too. But you got to understand, I knew her a lot longer, about a year. She says the same things. She says she's in love with me and didn't really know till about two to three months after she knew me. But I'm not saying I wouldn't kiss you. I would love to. I never said I wouldn't make love to you. I don't know what to do. I have two beautiful girls who like me and I don't know what to do, Shanda. I can't say I love you because I'll ju I just don't know. I like you. You said you loved her already. Yep. I don't want you to be mad at me, okay? Please try to write back or talk to me and tell me what you think. But Shanda, I never want you to quit loving me. I think it's sweet you say you love me. I love it when you said I love you in sixth period. Please don't stop saying it. <laughs> that was, I'm very confused by yeah, these letters. Yeah. And it, I think that's the point. Pay attention to what Amanda says. Like it's, It isn't helping anyone either way. In the meantime, Amanda's relationship with Melinda was, start was starting to fade, and Melinda was growing anxious about it. Daniel, please read number three. Amanda always writes me letters at school, love letters, and sticks them in my locker. That stopped, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Things weren't going great. I just noticed this big difference. She wasn't walking me to class. When I would yell for her, she was with the blonde all the time. I said, what's up? Because I knew something. I couldn't take it because she's mine. I molded her. She was my little Mandy. Everything I wanted. It was like I was obsessed with her. Very possessive. 
Melinda just couldn't understand it, even though she had found a whole new group to hang out with. For over a year, she and Amanda had shared so much together. They weren't just lovers, they were best friends, and now Melinda was being totally ignored. She was extremely hurt, she felt betrayed, and before she knew it, Amanda was spending nights over at Shanda's. By the end of September, when it came time for a big school dance, Melinda wrote to both Shanda and Amanda, hoping to take control of the situation. Daniel, please read number four. Hey girl, what's up? I'm in study hall being real bored. (laughs) Amanda was outside my classroom door, so I played it off and got something to drink. I have to sneeze. I have to sneeze and I have to fart. This is quite the predicament. (laughs) Chew. (laughs) Dumbass teacher. Well, have you decided if you're going to attend the dance? I'm not. I'll probably go up to the mall and see a fucking lame movie or something. Well, I've bored you enough, so I'll see you later, babe. Love ya. Melinda. Boy, if you if you bore someone with a uh, three or four sentence paragraph. Read number five, because she wrote a letter to Shanda and a letter to Amanda. So you're reading both. Amanda, I love my hair. It feels so much better. I really don't want you to go to the dance, but if you really have to go, I just want to go with you. I don't want you to go without me. We can talk about Friday at lunchtime. I don't really want to wait around here Friday, so we might go out with Carrie Pope. And then have her drop me off at Hazelwood at a certain time. Well, I'll talk to you later. Love, Melinda. Melinda loves blank. You fill in the blanks. Dick. (laughs) Melinda loves dick. (laughs) No, she doesn't. She likes tacos. (laughs) Tacos. Oh. Shanda and Amanda went to a da- went to that dance at Hazelwood together, and when they came outside, Melinda was there waiting for them. She confronted Amanda and slapped her, then chased Shanda around the building, threatening her, warning her to stay away. The next day at school, Melinda ran to Amanda in tears, begging for a hug in the hallway. Amanda comforted her, but Melinda... Can I have a hug? Can I have a hug? That's what you yeah. But Melinda could tell that the hug wasn't really sincere. Shanda was the one Amanda cared about. Shanda was filling her shoes, literally, Melinda thought, because Shanda was even starting to dress like her, mimicking her Madonna look. She's she wore the cone bu- she wore the cone bra. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, don't copy my fucking Madonna look. Yep, she's the only one who could use the Madonna look. Melinda had taken about as much as she could stand. In her mind, all she had were her looks, and everyone trying to outdo or duplicate that was a major problem. I feel that. During the first week in October, she and Shanda had a number of confrontations over it. Please read six. She started dressing like me, doing her hair like me, to please Amanda, I guess. I would yell at her and threaten. I would just say stuff like, trying to look like me now, and just, you know. She would get on my nerves, wearing these tight jeans and shaking her butt around school, and Amanda would stare, and I'd be right there with Amanda, and that's disrespecting me. One day, when Melinda discovered some torn-up letters from Shanda and Amanda's jacket, she pieced them back together, read them, and threw a fit. Please read D7. Not D, but 7. You're sick! You're a whore, Carla! (laughs) You're sleeping with my baby! With a baby. You're sleep. Oh, oh. Because she's so young. Yeah. Oh. Melinda shrieked, striking Amanda no, in the that's face. <laughs> you were supposed to end after that. Sorry. Finally, Melinda gave her an ultimatum. <laughs> Amanda, 
You have to have me or Shanda. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And in this case, a cake is pussy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's incorrect. It's actually eat your cake and have it too, according to the Unabomber. Yeah, well, guess what? Where the fuck is he? Oh, yeah. He's in prison. Hey, gal. But Amanda never made a decision, and Melinda was obsessing over the situation. Please read number eight. For a minute, Amanda would ignore Shanda, and Shanda would get mad. Shanda would slam lockers and get mad because Amanda started to ignore her and pay attention to me. Amanda knew she was losing me, so therefore she would put roses in my locker and put notes and try to talk to me, and I would just ignore her like she was not there and kept walking. Keep stepping and say something smart like, go on, Shanda, or something. Please read number six. Shanda. Hey, honey, my feelings for you are getting stronger and stronger each day. I know sometimes it may seem like I really don't give a damn about you, like I don't even know you. It's just because I'm scared of treating you the wrong way. Excuse me, what? (laughs) I just don't want to do something wrong and fuck us up. Right now, I just don't know about relationships with anyone because I already got hurt in one. Plus, we haven't even gone together for that long. I didn't ask Melinda to go steady with me till about six or nine months after we had been going together. What? Like dating and then being like exclusive, oh. I think is what it is. You know, I do care about you. It's just I have a mixed emotions. In a way, I still love Melinda. I think I always will. I think that's something that will never change about me, Shanda. So I guess you will have to grow to love me like that. I mean, I still get jealous over Melinda when she talks with other people. It's j- I'm just not over her yet. It will take a while because love takes time. Yeah, okay. If you think you can wait it out, I will prove how much love you really got for me. But deep down inside, it's like maybe you're only doing this because it's something new. All caps. There's one big question I need to ask you. I know Who threw the motherfucking ham? <laughs> no, this is better. Yeah. I know sex is fun, but how come you want to have it every time I'm over there? Well, I really got to go. We'll talk after school. Love you, Amanda. Ooh. So I wanted to see what these, what these girls look like, and all I did was type in Melinda... And, and it all popped up. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Wait, now I want the do first it. picture that pops up is Shanda. But I still think it's fucking strange. Like, no, it's a popular case. It's well, I understand yeah, that, so. but you've type in if you just type in the name Melinda. Mm-hmm, that like, another... I have a feeling if I went to my, if I got my laptop out, mm-hmm. typed in Melinda, something else is gonna pop up. Yeah. Go ahead and read number seven. Okay, Shanda. Hey, honey. Yes, I do love you, but it just feels like Melinda has got me in some kind of trance. I don't know how to get out of it. I'm scared. If I try to get out, something bad will happen. I'm scared to death. I don't think I would ever tell Melinda we are going out together. She would probably kill you. Yes, I love you a lot, Shanda, honey. Love ya, Amanda Heverin. Mm-hmm. Why'd she sign it like that? I don't know. Sometime during all of this, in the month of October, Melinda became so distraught that she felt compelled to go have a talk with Edwin Elmers, the assistant principal at Hazelwood. Even though Elmers was a middle-aged man and had she's someone she had hardly known, she needed someone to talk to about her problems. Melinda told him that she liked girls, that she was gay, and she was concerned because her parents didn't understand her. In Elmers' 20 years' experience as an assistant principal, it was the first time he had, anyone had ever come to him with this problem. <laughs> he didn't know how to handle the situation. 
So I gave Melinda a book on interracial dating. And then Excuse me? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Here's a, a pamphlet on interracial dating. And she's like, huh? What the fuck? And then called her mom right away. <laughs> I once, <laughs> you probably should cut this out. Okay. When I was in middle school, I went to the fucking library and I checked out a book on a book on eating disorders, a book on depression, and a cookbook. <laughs> they called my mother because oh. <laughs> they thought there was a problem. What's that problem? Were <laughs> no. you just being a brat? <laughs> I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Everyone except the librarian thought it was funny. <laughs> I could just see your mom being like, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Did you check out these three books? I think she thought it was funny, yeah. too. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of that. Oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You could have checked out worse stuff than that, really. <laughs> At least she didn't check out like how to make a bomb. Yeah, and then where I don't to find think they would have had metal. that at the middle school library. <laughs> <laughs> it was a school library. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like no, it was a school library. library. You think I went to the public library by myself? <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna go check out some books. You're doing yeah. homework. <sighs> oh my god. Oh. Yes, I'm very learned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so we gave her a book on interracial dating and then called so her mom. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And her mom said, we're already in professional counseling. Like, I don't know why the fuck she came to you about this. So that's another point to make. A lot of these girls get put in counseling and on meds and to psychiatrists and admitted into hospitals. Like, the parents are not, like, not involved. They just don't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have these letters. They don't know what's happening, which terrifies me. Yes, but we have a two-to-one ratio. Yes. Melinda did whatever she could to step in between Amanda and Shanda. More than once, she went to Amanda to report that she saw Shanda messing around with a boy named Mike. Prison Mike. (laughs) Prison Mike? (laughs) It was Mike Wazowski. Hoping to cause some trouble. (laughs) Amanda wrote a number of notes about Mike, worried that Shanda had a boyfriend, telling her that she had ways of finding out. So it's like all of them are just kind of stirring up shit with each other. Amanda being in the middle. And her keeping Shanda and Melinda, like, tethered on still. Like, I like you, but I'm not with you. And here's a, here's a love letter, but I don't want to be with you. Here's some roses, but we're not going together. It's very manipulative, and I don't appreciate it. On October 17th, Amanda was worried that Shanda was dumping her. Please read number eight. I want you to promise and promise this to my face that you will never leave me. And if you want to break up, then tell me. Shanda, I have one thing that important and I think you should know. Shanda, I love you and I mean it. And don't just think I know it. I love you in parentheses, though. Shanda, Yeah, I but I don't you. know why she wrote it like that. She wrote it like, mm, I love you. It was an extra add-on to the sentence. I don't know. Yeah. Amanda went just on. The, don't worry. They're not that great at grammar No, here. but no, the parentheses, like she wrote that in the, like, I love you, but I put it in parentheses. Yeah, well, she, like, co- she probably meant commas. Oh, okay. <laughs> she probably meant commas. Who knows? Amanda went on and on professing her feelings to Shanda, asking her to call, telling her that she couldn't possibly put all her feelings down on paper, which they have been doing this whole time. 
All along, Melinda had been crying about the failed relationship to one of her friends, Christy B. I called her Christy B because her last name was so difficult, I wasn't even going to try to pronounce it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who acted as a go-between for Melinda. She called Amanda for her, then let Melinda get on the phone to talk. So you know how they used to have three-way calling. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. With this, I'd be like, over at your friend's house. Hey, call so-and-so for me. They'll answer the phone. Like if you had caller ID, they'll answer the phone for you because we're at Ooh, your yeah, house. Like, trick them. Mm -hmm, that shady shit. Mm-hmm. Chrissy knew Melinda was very distraught. She was there on one occasion when she watched Melinda call and say, Daniel, preach, pre <laughs> read number nine. Amanda, you're destroying me. I just want to kill myself. I can't take oh. it anymore. Why are you doing this to me? And Christy was becoming seriously concerned about her friend. Amanda ain't worth all this. You need to get your shit together, go to school, and worry about your grades. The only solid voice of reason in all of this is this one random girl who's <laughs> like, worry about your grades. Yep. But Melinda was only concerned about getting back together with Amanda. She missed her, and she had reason to believe that Amanda felt the same way. Please read number 10. I started talking to her, and she gave me these pretty little roses in this glass dish like it snapped shut. She left it in my locker, and my heart just melted. So I said, okay, and we went, and we had a talk. Melinda remembers. I said, I know you're still fucking her, Amanda. I wouldn't touch her. She made me sick. October 24th, the Harvest Homecoming begins. I'd like to beat her up. I'd just like to kill her. Uh, go ahead, read that. Say that again. Say, I'd like to beat her up. I'd just like to kill her. Melinda said when she heard the confirmation that Amanda and Shanda had gone to the haunted house together. Five minutes later, then she called Amanda to quiz her about the homecoming. Amanda denied having gone, claiming she hadn't seen Shanda at all. The fact that Amanda lied about it got to Melinda the most. She wanted revenge. She wanted to get Shanda right then. Do we see where this is building the mm -hmm. intensity? And mm -hmm. that, okay, in a lot of other podcasts, they just say, oh, Melinda was real jealous. And then she did this. And it's like, but there's so much. You can't just say a crazy teenage girl. Like, you, it's not one word. Jealous and doesn't define how this all built up on itself. It was Amanda in the middle pulling both girls both ways. And then everything starts to snowball in effect. And then you add in the girl's depression and unstable home life. And things get shakier and shakier. Not that anyone could have seen where this was going. Mm -hmm. But they just didn't like each other. So. She wanted to kill her. It's like, there's a no. reason why they didn't like each other. That it's deeper than just, I'm super jealous. The next day, she called a friend, Crystal, asking what she, sh what she should do about Shanda, about how she could get rid of her. At first, Crystal just thought it was angry chatter. We talked about killing people all the time. Just kill them and get it over with, Crystal remembers. But then she got to a point where, hey, that ain't worth it, and you just go on with your life. But Melinda wouldn't drop the subject. After she ranted and raved long enough, she convinced Crystal that she had to get rid of this little girl. And Crystal encouraged her. She tried and tried and tried to get this girl to stay away from Amanda, and Shanda wouldn't do it. And Melinda couldn't take it anymore, Crystal explained. When Melinda started telling how much she hated Shanda and what Shanda was doing to her, I said, I'm tired of this shit, Melinda. Fuck people. Fuck everybody. I'm tired of people's shit, and I'm tired of putting up with it. <laughs> Fucking kill the bitch. Fuck. Also, <laughs> Crystal's highly unstable and should not be a part of the equation at all. Oh, my God. She said, she fucking deserves to die. She shouldn't be messing around with your girlfriend anyways. You done told her once, twice, three times is too many. Now do something to get her to stop. Thanks, Crystal. Way to go. Way to be a friend. But her excuse is, oh, we just joke about killing people all the time. By October 28th, Melinda's 16th birthday, Amanda and Shanda's relationship had reached its height. 
The girls were sending perfume notes to each other, writing Shanda loves Amanda and Amanda, Amanda loves Shanda, filling whole sheets of paper with just those few words. Melinda's birthday passed without a word from Amanda or her own father. So this traumatized her a lot. Her dad like picked up and left and remarried a couple times. And Whose dad? Melinda's dad. Oh. The crazy abusive one that liked to wear his wife's underwear. Oh, yes. I don't know if it's just kids are programmed to love your parents no matter who they are. And she couldn't unwind herself from her dad. And he would mess with her, sending her letters and stuff. And then for weeks, she'd be real depressed because my dad just has a second life somewhere with a new family. Her mom remarried a couple times. And one of the dudes was actually, like, uh, cared about her and wanted to know, like, hey, you need to work on your grades and stuff. She's like, fuck you. My dad is a piece of shit. I prefer that. (laughs) Because he cared about her. Yeah. So it's weird. I don't pretend to understand. But the writing your name, filling up pages, like we were talking about with notes. Uh, doodling, which I'm terrible at. But I will share, we were doing, I was in theater. Remember this? Yes. I took theater in high school. Seeing as we didn't know each other in high school. No, but I've told that. you I remember. <laughs> and I remember, I was not in, I might have been in the play. I don't know. But one of the scenes was someone picked up a piece of paper and had to pretend to read from it, but really was reading their I've lines. I've heard this one. What is it? nothing go on and i got a hold of that paper and wrote the word penis about a million times so that the person had to keep a straight face while looking at a piece of paper that said penis all over it did you get in trouble i don't think so wow you're funny i'm super funny (laughs) so shanda's mother is not an absentee parent or and she's realizing now something is wrong something is not right and i think she might have found some letters from Amanda, one of which was like how to falsify a detention slip. I think so that they could be together. Like, hey, look, mom, I'll be in detention, but really I'm banging it with my girlfriend. You know. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, you know. So her mom was really concerned and they pulled her out of school. And they're like, we're not going to do this. And I don't, and I think she was okay with it for them. Like, I think she had to realize that things were really out of control. And they transferred her to Our Lady of Perpetual Help School. That sounds fake. It's Catholic. <laughs> A Catholic school in New Albany, after finding a series of sexually graphic letters Amanda had written to Shanda. Despite the fact that Shanda Sharer was no longer in the same school as Amanda Hevron, Melinda Loveless' seething jealousy continued to fester over the next few months. So you think, like, I removed the problem. Like, we're not around the crazy girls anymore. You're going to a new school with only Catholics, and those are the pure of hearts (laughs) people. They will accept you as a lesbian. Oh, okay. I highly doubt it, but... November 22nd, Amanda is unable to sneak Shanda into a dance at the Hazelwood, and she is forced to leave the school property. So it's like, you left all your friends at your old school, and they're having a dance, and you want to come. And it's like, but you go to a different school now, so we're going to try to sneak you into the dance. But they were not successful. Melinda appeared, commanding Amanda to tell Shanda that she didn't love her, and that she never wanted to see her again, to which Amanda complied. Then Melinda turned to Shanda. Please read number 12. If you ever try to talk to Amanda again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh. Oh. Cunt. Bitch. Mm. Hoe. Melinda later wrote, please read 13. Amanda. Yes. I think we should at least talk this out. If you have noticed, all these uncalled for fights have been because of Shanda. Yes, I'm hurt and pissed at you. I can't believe you. You better straighten your act up, Missy. I'm sick of hearing and seeing Shanda. I think we should let me cool off because... I'm still let let down with you. You have not shown me no improvement yet. Shanda's not gone. You haven't got rid of her. It's your problem, not mine. And until she stops calling me and 
her name and writing is off your shit. I'm not going to hang out with you and your problem. I'm really mad at you. I feel like I need to cry. I want Shanda dead. Love. <laughs> what's happening Melinda. yeah and i'm not cherry picking these letters maybe aphrodite jones did with the book like but she's really saying like i want her dead i want to kill her over and over on the night of january 10th 1992 melinda loveless gathered three of her friends together tony lawrence age 15 hope rippy 15 and Lori tackett age 17 the girls drove around in Lori's car from madison to melinda's house in new albany Lori and tony had never met shanda prior to that night but Lori had already known of the plan to intimidate the 12-year-old girl with a knife. And here we're going to be stopping. And not because it's almost 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's a good stop because the second half then will be the actual crime. This is all the lead up to it, which a lot of other podcasts don't do. And I'm all right with it that no one died in the first half of this podcast. Same. I'm okay with it. It's a lot of crazy hormonal. Also, the more I talk, the better for everyone. <laughs> the better for everyone. <laughs> Teenage girls are scary. Everyone should write that down. Okay, I gotta. I I just need to interject really quick. Mm -hmm. I was not a scary teenager. Oh no, you weren't. I was very well behaved. Yep, you were. And I cannot relate to any of this. Oh my god, I'm terrified. Fifteen year old me will show up at the door and be like, "It's Brittany, bitch." So you sent me that thing that said there's a list. I didn't read it. Yeah, of teen. A, a list of younger siblings talking about the horrifying things their older sister siblings did to them. Yeah. And I didn't read the article, but I just responded, she put me in a trunk. That trunk is now where all those notes are. Full circle. All right. So that's all we got. Keep an eye on your teenage children. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with the second half of this. Which go through their phones. That's go through their, their phone. But the that's their neck. That's the new new note passing. The new notes. Kites in prison is what they call them. And for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. doing that to me a lot here speaking to the microphone the <laughs> modern mouse microphone modern mouse is a big whitney houston fan Boris, <laughs> get off of her i didn't know mighty mouse had a good falsetto oh my god <laughs> It's because he has no balls. Oh, God, he's standing on me! Ow! Oh, get down! Make yourself comfortable. I can't get to my She's not sorry. You got your microphone? No! <laughs> get your microphone. He goes, here, get ah, He's been doing that to me! I touched it! He looks real pleased with himself. This is fine. This is fine. Ba ba. <laughs> oh, you're good boy. Boris, get down. Guys, this is going to take too long. It's already taking too Boris, long. Get, okay. Uh, Boris, you're going to have to go up. Ah! Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Boris? Get down. Come on. Come on. This is going to hurt. Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. That would really, really hurt if I had a pain. <laughs>
Go lay down. He's coming down. Use that trampoline to scare him away. <laughs> <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> hey, get out of here.